The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I have some incredible news. My second book, How to Have Difficult Conversations About Race, is now the number one new release in its category on Amazon. I'm so excited, so excited for this because we've put a lot of work into it and this was risky because as a lawyer who's focusing on negotiation and conflict resolution, talking about race seems for many to be outside of the scope of what I usually do. But again, how are we defining negotiation? We define negotiation as anytime you're having a conversation and somebody in the conversation wants something. And as the podcast is titled, Negotiate Anything, we can negotiate anything. And in my years of doing uh, all of this work in the professional world, difficult conversations about race is something that comes up over and over and over again in the workplace. And there isn't really a, a solid resource out there that blends the fundamentals of negotiation and conflict resolution and effective communication with this particular topic. So it's risky. It is risky to venture in this way, but I'm really excited and encouraged by this early result. So this is not just a win for me. This is a win for you too, because you are part of this tribe. And so a quick note about the book. Who did I write this for? I, I wrote this for the person who is passionate about changing the world and their organizations for the better. The leader who leads a diverse team and the professional who wants to learn how to overcome the hidden barriers that make it tough to connect with people with a different background. So whether you consider yourself an ally or just want to avoid making a critical mistake when discussing race, this book is for you. And for you as a podcast listener, I'm making a direct request. After six years and over 600 episodes of Negotiate Anything, I'm asking for your support in this endeavor to make the world a better place. Our goal of the American Negotiation Institute is to change the world, and this book plays a critical role in making that happen, and we would love to have your support. We have the links in the description of this episode so you can get your copy of How to Have Difficult Conversations About Race. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. This show is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, and with over 5 million downloads and listeners in over 180 countries, listeners just like you have made this the number one negotiation podcast in the world. Hi, my name is Kwame Christian, and I am the founder and CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Here at ANI, we believe that the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and we are passionate about providing you with the best content that will help you to make your difficult conversations easier, both at work and at home. Lastly, I want to remind you that we offer consulting and conduct trainings, both virtually and in person, all around the world. Our focus is in three main areas. First, negotiation and conflict resolution. Second, leadership. And lastly, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Check the link in the description below to learn more about how we could work with you and your team. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. All right. Jade, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Kwame. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's great having you. And it is great to have you in person. Uh, listeners, it's been probably like 
two or three years since I've actually done a podcast in person. So this is crazy. This is really cool. So, so Jade, how about you get it started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, well, thanks. Uh, first, uh, I can I can say I've known you from way back when. So uh, I think we'll we'll start with that. But uh, you know, a long way from Ohio State, and so I'm proud to see what you're doing and um and and seeing you know where you and your family have came uh in that time so um i knew it then i'm glad to see it now appreciate that so uh jay davis i'm vice president of external affairs at the port of cleveland and uh i uh oversee our government affairs communications marketing energy projects uh offshore wind es and g uh, projects at the Port of Cleveland, and then also our philanthropic giving. And so that ranges from everything from, you know, small micro grants and things like that to, you know, six figure grants that we give to organizations and communities uh, around the Cleveland area that are working to improve quality of life. Prior to the port, I worked in K Street uh, in D.C. And for those who aren't familiar with you know public policy and government, uh, I uh, was a lobbyist in the electric utilities industry. And then also prior to that, I, I uh, during my time where I, I worked uh, in the same atmosphere as Kwame at the Ohio State House and Public Utilities Commission uh, when we were uh, both younger and I had much more hair. <laughs> and so I. Um, I have been at the nexus of public policy, business and uh, politics for my entire career and, uh, you know, just recently finished uh, at Harvard Business School and uh, and I'm an alum there now and focus a little bit more on uh, my leadership and organizational development aspect of my business school journey and uh, sort of I feel that it rounded out my career. Uh, preparation for this point as I go into this, you know, sort of halftime of the career right now. Yeah, no, this is great. This is great. And so listeners, you can see why I want to have Jade on the podcast. Just an incredible um, depth of experience too. And one thing that you didn't mention, I want to make sure you get a, get a shout out too for, for the public affairs company that you and your wife have as well, yeah. because that entrepreneurial background will inform the way that you negotiate as well. Yeah, yeah. Both of us have families with some deep entrepreneurial roots. And um, we started uh, Thornton Buckeye Group. Uh, it's my wife's company. And and, and literally, we started in, in Washington, D.C. when we were living there 2014 as a way in order to help some of our friends with uh, developing their political strategies and who are some running for office, some working at companies in which they were tasked with finding out more information. And it has now morphed into uh, right now it's the largest uh, female African-American female owned uh, public affairs firm in Ohio. Um, uh, based in Cleveland, um, clients all over the country. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen uh, my wife do a lot of this uh, more full time than me, but I serve as a senior advisor and help out, especially a lot of energy and uh, uh, political campaign strategy, things like that, that we may help with with some uh, clients. And uh, she focuses a lot more on the uh, coaching, the uh policy strategy, everything from helping clients do engagements with DEI to help clients doing engagements with uh, uh, getting white papers and developing public policy, managing, you know, 
lobbyists at the state, federal, local level and all those kind of things. So it's a full service public affairs firm and we're proud of it. This is great. This yeah. is great. So I think we have set the stage for um, your life. And really what we're going to do is we're going to use your professional career as a, as a case study for different negotiation and persuasion endeavors. And so the focus of this episode is going to be on how to get to yes, essentially how to persuade as a leader. And so when you think about your approach to leading and managing and, and moving people from one position to another position with your communication style, what would you say is your ultimate goal in every conversation? You know, I, w- I would I would say depending on what the uh, what what role I play within this negotiation, it is to get to yes, especially if I am if I am um, managing up and I'm talking to my CEO and, and we're trying to figure out what to do. Uh, he may have a different opinion or he or she may have a different opinion. And I uh, am trying to figure out how do I maintain uh, my role, autonomy and all those kind of things while still making sure that I'm delivering what's needed. And that's just more of a as you get uh, a little bit older and, and, and get into your career, you start realizing that ego uh, counts a lot less uh, and causes more issues than actual doing and execution and all those kind of things. And so staying focused on that, on that is, is critical when I'm managing laterally or, or, you know, uh, to, you know, subordinates is making sure that they're experiencing me, uh, as a leader, as a colleague in a way that leaves them feeling heard, transparent and, and what is needed, uh, that they have direction that is actual direction and not, um, uh, just uh, task mastering uh, that they have that they feel whole uh, from the, the the interaction and that I could be vulnerable enough to convey what it is that I really need to get done what I really what the vision really is for this for this task and being vulnerable enough to receive things and be able to, to pivot if needed sometimes you're just wrong <laughs> and, and that's just the key. And that's just something that uh, I, I, I've, I've seen for a lot of people that could be the hardest part of their professional journey of just under of just being told like, well, you're not the brightest. You're not the smartest. You don't know everything about all these intricate things. You're great. But, you know, just like Jordan, you know, Jordan won with Pippen and Grant and, and Rodman and all these other people like that's still my goat. Uh, but um, I don't know if our goat gets six rings without having these other great compliments and around him of people who who are great in their own right. Um, and I'll I'll tell you, uh, just being in, in in leadership and things like that, a lot of this for me was forged. And um, I had a boss tell me a long time ago. I was like, Well, how do you know how to do these things? How do you know how to do these things? They're like, well, because I screwed them up. <laughs> And and when dealing and and working throughout, you know, my early career. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. 
Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And we will be right back after this. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Learning to lead by being willing to be a teammate first and foremost uh, really helped me become to to take the next step to take the next step in my leadership journey um and and what i had to realize too in my own in my own right like it was good it was great it was it was you know i i, I had traversed pretty well by my mid-30s and had had you know hit all the markers you know as far as titles pay you know autonomy all these kind of things and i found myself thinking like okay what's next and if if i can't see what's next why and i remember my wife sat me down and was like well maybe you're not ready for it hmm. and you know uh <laughs> you know you married the right person when they can just be brutally honest for you honest mm -hmm. to you um and uh shout out to crystal davis uh my my wife 10 years now and uh next month in august so um but we had this conversation and I remember sitting there like, okay, 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 babe, I got you. All right. I got you. But I'm still thinking like, no, 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 I'm great. I'm good at what I do. I'm good at what I do. I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking this, I'm sitting there thinking this. And, and she told me, um, uh, you know, a few months later, we're having the same conversation. And she's like, well, until you realize that what got you here, isn't going to get you to the next level. Um, and I'm like, what did you, what did you say? Like, well, what got you here was good. Like, it was great. But what's going to get you to the next level is development of something else. And for me, that development was making sure that I could lead and I could be a teammate in a very authentic and vulnerable way that allowed people to really understand, like, what my motivations are. 
This is great. This is great. And there, there are so many interesting things that you said that I want to dig into. I think the, the, Let's f- dig. the, the first interesting thing was uh, somebody in the Cleveland area admitting that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. I think <laughs> that was fascinating. Uh, but that's that's for a different podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm of that generation. Uh, you know, you see Blackish and see Andre uh, Johnson's uh, shoe closet. Uh, uh, I have plenty of Jordans uh, in, in, in my shoe closet. So uh uh, and I think a lot of guys, whether we were diehard Cavs fans or not, uh, growing up, we all had the, we all wanted those Jordans and wanted all <laughs> wanted the jerseys and all those kind of things. Yeah, it's hard to shake. It's hard. To yeah, shake. it's hard to shake. But I, I think one of the interesting things that uh, that I loved about this was you talking about the conversation with Crystal, your wife, because one of the things you mentioned before was managing egos. When you're managing up, when you're talking to the CEO of your company, you have to manage that ego. But in that conversation, she had to manage your ego, and it took time too, because she planted the seed in a conversation, and then a few months later. She revisited that conversation and challenged you again. And the thing that led to that that massive leap in your career was accepting that, being more humble, and then rec- recognizing that even though you are great at what you do, the next iteration of your career is going to be about leadership and the connection that you have with other people and the ability to motivate, inspire, and persuade other people. And so your ability to kind of check your ego in that moment is what led to the growth that allowed you to be a better leader. I, I, uh, you captured it even better than what I just said. It, uh, to be honest with you, I think what what happens oftentimes in a lot of organizations, uh, a lot of families, and things like that. Uh, throughout the early part of your career, you're very much like the like the the the, the folks that really pro- progress quickly are the doers, are the executors, mm-hmm. are the people who get. Uh, like I had a couple areas where I was a subject matter expert and I was able to go and do it. And I was I was consistent, uh, reliable in those things. And it allowed me to get other opportunities and to progress. OK, um, that's very different from executive leadership to where you're not doing as much as much as you are facilitating information to whether it be your board or whether it be investors or whether it be um, um, other colleagues and the various trade groups and things like that. And you are, you are, so you're facilitating that kind of communication to them internally and externally uh, within your folks and you're managing processes. You're managing, you're sitting down every day, uh, probably a couple times a day dealing with, okay, what is this division doing? Are we hitting our KPIs there? What is that division doing? Are we hitting our KPIs there? Why or why not? You know, what can we continue to do better? These are questions you're asking now. And you still have doers who are going to be future leaders who are going to be sitting in that seat someday who are who are executing those things and getting those and hitting those KPIs or trying to figure out why they're not and, and adjusting and things like that. What we sometimes fail to do is that when I had got into leadership position, I was coming out of a doer mind frame. And so I'm leading as a doer and I'm leading people who are also doers. And I'm saying, okay, let's get this done. Like we got it like hella high water. Let's get this done. Let's get these things done. This is how we got to work. This is how we got to do. And it's like, well, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite clear on that vision. I'm not quite clear on these things. I'm not quite clear on that. And a lot of organizations 
um, uh, and, and individuals and, and me included had a hard time, you know, for about a year and a half of, of, or so of my career thinking like, well, am I good at this? Am I right at this? Am I am I leading us to the right place at the port? And it was <clears throat> when I realized with the help of of Crystal uh, that, well, your role is different. It's still about getting to the goal, but your role in getting to that goal is very different now. And those things, um, you know, are the things that really help organizations take that next leap or maintain being a well-oiled machine. And that's why, you know, small organizations don't struggle with it as much because you can see it. When you get larger and larger, it becomes harder and harder to spot because, you know, um, success is great. Everybody wants to be a part of it. But uh, it's just like... Uh, I tell kids all the time, like, you know, you can look at LeBron James and like, I want to be LeBron. I want to be LeBron. But are you willing to do those, to shoot those 2000 jump shots a day when you're 14, 15? Are you willing to uh, to put in all that kind of work even now that you don't see just to just to get to that 48 minutes on the court? Uh, those kind of things is, is is sometimes those are those are things that are missed that are critical. That are critical. So even you can have very talented people, very, very good product that never quite reaches its full potential because of, you know, the disconnect between the stages of leadership and the stages of, and how that changes. Yeah. Just like my CEO has a very different role than I do as well. And um, if you would go and just plot me or one of my other, you know, colleagues in the VP level into that seat. If we don't realize that, probably not going to be in that seat long. Uh, but <laughs> but but everyone else suffers as well within the organization. Absolutely, and and I've heard it described as the leadership lid. Like you cannot, a team cannot, or it's very difficult to outperform the quality of the leader. And so your team will grow in advance as you, as the leader, grow in advance. And one of the things that you mentioned there was you've mentioned it a couple times actually the role understanding your role and especially understanding the shift where you were before versus where you are now and your role relative to other people because even though you're going to be authentic through all of your conversations your approach is going to change based on who it is that you're talking to what's your role what's their role what's the interaction of the role yeah so how do you maintain your authenticity in these conversations even though you might adjust your strategy based on who it is you're talking to. One of the main things about maintaining authenticity is just having a real, having a real curiosity about who people are, how they got there, where is it that they want to go? So it's not a single person that's going to be on a team that I, I lead that I'm not going to try to find out like, what is your goal? What do you want to do? Um, um, where, how did you get to here? And, and, and those things uh, will tell you a lot. And, and, and I remember, and I do that because young or very early in my career, I appreciated people that did that because it allowed me to, to ask questions and get feedback about things I didn't even know to ask about. Hmm. Um. And it allowed me uh, very simple things like, 
uh, when I first started working at the state house, I thought I was going to be involved in more like uh, just purely urban affairs issues. And when I started talking to um, uh, folks that were in the caucus and doing policy work, they were like, well, you know, what is it that you what's your background and things like that? Have you thought about um, energy and, and tech and, you know, sort of forward looking things like that that could really help deal with some of those urban issues in which you was thinking of, which I was thinking about, which jobs and availability mm. and, and quality of life and all these kind of things. And it allowed me to think like, oh, I can affect those things maybe from a from a place where I'm more interested in. And from a broader perspective, by by pivoting uh, to that, and it end up uh, it end up providing me with a career path that has been great for me, and has been uh, joyful for me. Is because I've had a I had a clear, dedicated interest in uh, trade, and shipping, and energy, and utilities, and and all these kind of things that I work with on a daily basis. Now. And and so one thing I'm trying to do is make sure that if I'm if I'm dealing with if I'm talking with folks on my team, where is it that you've been? Where is it that you want to go? And with that, you can understand where people like you, know, you use ask simple questions. It's just asking the question sometimes like, you know, where do you feel you could be best utilized? What's the thing that gives you the best joy? And some some of that is whether it's a consultant uh, or that's in, that's external or uh, that's working with you or or internal employee. Sometimes you can you can develop your best talent within the organization and other places right under you by saying, hey, OK, if you really want to go to law school, I really want you to sit down with our legal counsel and begin to map out what that looks like. And when we're doing policy papers, I really want you to focus in on, you know, uh, where do you think we? Where do you think we may have issues at in regulation or in legal and things like that? And then be that liaison. And you gain loyalty, you gain respect, but you also gain a sort of ease of working within the organization, and where people are okay, are okay now to admit, like, okay, you know what? I may have not delivered on that. I may have been wrong. This is good. This is good. So. So let's go back to early in your career when you were utilizing that curiosity yourself, because what you're finding and you correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on this, Jade, you're finding that even though you had a very clear perspective on what your value add would be focusing on urban affairs, when you started to have those conversations with other people, you started to realize that you could still fulfill your life's goal, your mission and all of those things while still being interested in the trades, in energy, and those types of things, right? And so you were able to make a minor tweak, but still it was in alignment with your overall goal, right? To be honest with you, um, early on in career, it's and not even early on career, throughout life, you only know what you know. You only know what you've been exposed to. Yeah. You only know what is relative to your experience. And so uh, for a lot of folks, when you're especially if you're like me, you're you know, you're a first generation college student, you're you're you get out of college, you work a little bit, go to grad school, you get okay, now I got this job, I am like an adult now. And it's like, okay, I know these things, I'm gonna go do these things. 
And it's like, well, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about that? And part as from because I had leaders who were willing to have those conversations with me and I was able to produce very good work and have very good um, relationships. I still have now. Um, But the key is I didn't even know that's what I needed until it was given to me. And I don't know if my experience would have been uh, as fruitful for me or or the organization or them if I wasn't if they weren't those kind of leaders and not and so I I, I admit that being as as fortunate uh, of having that but what I try to do is make sure you know people feel fortunate for having the opportunity to engage with me on that level now again I'm not saying that I'm the leadership guru and I'm gonna uh, I, I'm not you Kwame I'm not gonna write a book about it. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not I don't see myself at that level yet. Uh, but what I do see is that I, I know that firsthand um, being able to provide people space to grow is just critical. Yeah. It's critical. And that's where you see it now in job markets where people don't feel like they have a space to grow. Um, you know, and I hear some folks like, well, people don't want to work hard. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. Well, you know, there's everything has to adapt and, and you can't adapt until you're actually sitting down and figuring out, you know, you know, what are you adapting to? And that's something that I'm I'm trying to make sure I, I continue to do, whether it's entrepreneurially, whether it's professionally, um, uh, within our, within our organization. Yeah. No, this is good. This is good because it kind of goes back to what you said about vulnerability too, because for everybody in the conversation, there's a benefit to vulnerability because if you're vulnerable, now you're, you're feeling safe enough and trust the other person enough to actually share forthrightly the information that people need to solve mm-hmm. problems. And so it takes a, a strong relationship with the people on your team for them to be vulnerable enough to share that information with you, especially if you're their leader. Um, but oftentimes we as leaders have to set the stage by being vulnerable. Like you said, admitting sometimes when we're wrong and sharing our goals and our vision very clearly so they can see where they fit into it. And then also with the example that you gave about the person who wants to go to law school, for example, you're saying, okay, see, I was thinking about putting you in this direction, but that doesn't serve you and your ultimate goal. You can still help us in our our organization by doing this, which helps you because it helps you to gain those legal skills that you'll need when you go to law school. And it helps us because we need researchers to do this research. Right. And so you're getting to yes, like we talked about, but you're open and willing to be flexible and work collaboratively with the, with the people on your team through these difficult conversations. And it starts with that vulnerability. Yeah. And and it's, it's one thing that I wish I would have developed very early on in the career. Um, um, Heck, even in college of just having to be in a vulnerability, you know, go back to the early aughts. You know, I'm, I show up to college FUBU shirt, uh, 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 fake Cuban link chain, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, uh, hey, and people can laugh about it. But I, uh, I know if we go pull out those college uh, IDs from the early, early oh, 2000s, it'll be the same thing uh, for many of you folks. But um, I didn't think that was there was a space and a place for that, mm. for for just, you know, asking these questions. So I'm so I was uh, I'm at the school and people from all around the world. On a football team, playing with guys from all over the country, and 
very few times my first two, three years, I just sit down and ask me like, so, you know, what is your family? Do? What, what are you looking to do? Like, what do you, what do you, like, why are you majoring in this? Or why are you majoring in that? And so one thing that I'm, I'm talking with my nieces and nephews about, I always have is like, hey, continue to network, but don't just network just to get to know folks, like get to know who they are uh, and all those kind of things. And I think that uh, that is uh, something you have to sort of learn because I'm not quite sure that it's that's something you may have to unlearn of not connecting with people because I'm not quite sure that's something that's being taught. It's not going to be taught in school to connect with people on that kind of level. And for a lot of families, uh, us included as parents, you know, you're trying to make sure your kids are very set on being the best versions of them. And, um, you know, connecting with other folks on a deeper level is very much like not a top tier issue when you're yeah. raising them. And so um, that's something I think that the, the connection piece is just critical. And I'm not saying, you know, sit down and tell folks, you know, your, your darkest, deepest secrets or nothing like that. Well, what I am saying is that uh, being open to having a conversation about the person that wants to pivot to law school, being open to a conversation of persons like, you know, this is just not this is I, I will. I, I see myself in your position one day. How do I get there? And don't take it as a threat, but take it as, OK, this is an opportunity to develop the next wave of leadership. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that um, the more people you develop and the more people that you help along the way, it is it can be very, very beneficial to you in your journey as well. The more allies you have, because that person may not take your position at your your organization, but they may go take a similar position at another organization, uh, which then you can partner up with or you can leave and go to and, you know, have all these kind of things. Um all kind of uh, different aspects of that. This and so great. I think yeah. it's just keeping the connection and being open to the connections. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And and being open, it it's much easier said than done. And like you said, yeah, much. you have to unlearn that previous, I would say a lot of times it's self-preservation because we just, mm -hmm. we see the risk of sharing. I heard um, one of my po previous podcast guests, um, Austin Hill, he said, he described trust and vulnerability really interestingly. He said, with when you're being vulnerable with somebody, you are giving them the keys to your own destruction and hoping they don't destroy you. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, like when you think about that level of gravity, that's that's pretty significant, you know? And like you said, you're not always sharing sharing your deepest, darkest secrets, but you do recognize like, hey, if I open myself up, there is some kind of danger if they take it the wrong way. But you have to take those small incremental risks. And I think about them almost like relationship tests. Yeah. Can I trust you with this? Oh, you, you passed the test. I can trust mm -hmm. you with a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then if, as you keep on doing that, you deepen the relationship. And then those difficult conversations that we talk about all the time on the podcast become a whole lot easier because people are sharing information and genuinely working together to to try to solve the problem, make things better. Yeah. And I think, um, and when you talk about vulnerability, I mean, some of it is just, um, it's just being honest with folks. Like, I don't have the answers here. I don't know. This is sort of outside of my previous experience. I, I may have to go back and do some more reading. There's all these kind of things that, that, are, that are going on within every day uh, of a project. Um, uh, I just had a critical conversation with my CEO last week about 
uh, some things that we we had to get done, uh, some decisions we had to make as an organization. And um, he was very honest and said, hey, I don't know. Like, I need you to figure this out for me and help me <laughs> and, 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 and help me, you know, get to this. I got to trust you in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and those are the kind of things you're right. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's giving them the keys and things like that. But we've been working together now for six years and uh, I'm quite sure it would have been six months if he felt that he could not come to me and have that kind of conversation and get uh, an answer that is going to be. Uh, fact based that is going to be rooted in 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 truth and you know fit within the con- fit within the um, goals of the organization the great organization those are all things that I think uh, uh, are necessary though because you just can't do it alone as 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 good as we think we are you just can't do it alone and I, and I don't want to uh, take NBA analogies to you know. Uh, real life but oftentimes you look at all these like championship dynasties and things like that uh, you know I, I'm not the LBJ uh, hater that some folks are um, I, I think LeBron James is going to go down at the end of the day as one of the you know greatest all time um, it's, it's, he's a top five player no, no, no doubt hands down um, all time but people say, well, he he needed so much help. He needed so much help. And I'm looking around like, go through all these dynasties. Go back to the 40s and 50s. Like, Hall of Famers galore on all these teams that won three, four, five, you know, six titles. These weren't just, you know, these weren't YMCA guys that were out there with <laughs> one star. Uh, this, this is not how it works. Um, and so if you have a great organization, uh, a great product, all these kind of things, there's probably a lot of stars. There's probably a lot of people that could be CEO. Um, you know, a lot of people. There's a lot, a lot of people that can be VP. There's probably a lot of people that can be a senior director, director, uh, manager, uh, uh, all the way down to greeting at the front door. Uh, there's probably a lot of people that can do that, those things within that that organization. But the organization is someplace worth being. Uh, that's what you need. A lot of people that are willing that, that can step up if need be. Exactly. And and to that point, too, even if you could do it all by yourself, you wouldn't want to. Because yeah. it would be yeah. exhausting what, and unpleasant. Yeah. Would you enjoy it? Would you would you have enough? Would you have enough left to enjoy it, to see it? Uh, those are all kind of things. You know, I think those things are uh, look at the Apple journey. Look at the Microsoft journey. I mean, talented, bright people were involved with all of this from, you know, for years and decades. And not everybody was, you know, um, you know, Steve Jobs or, you know, um, Bill Gates. But there was a lot of people who could have been who were involved with this. And some of them left and went and did other great things. Some of them stayed and did great things. Some of them went and did low-key things that were critical, Um um, you know, when you start talking about other algorithms or other smaller companies and tech companies and things like that, I think there's there's a lot of things that we see. Um, we we had, you know, some senior folks leave over the last few years who have went on and done great things uh, at our organization. We we uh, Thornton Buckeye Group um, is constantly working with people uh, who are looking to, to expand and and right size their profile within the public policy sphere 
uh, to do great things. Uh, it's, it's not just one way to do it. It's not just one person doing it. And again, it all gets down to being willing to have that conversation, being willing to listen and being open to, you know, what's possible. Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes we want to know. I know it. I know what I can do it. Trust me, I know. Um, and uh, but it's almost always not the way to do it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Jade, really appreciate it, man. This is really great. I feel like I could just keep on going. <laughs> and I know that because we talked for like an hour before we started. Yeah, yeah this. definitely. definitely. Um, but before we go, uh, can you let the listeners know again about uh, where you are now, the, the comp- your public relations company and how they can get in touch? Uh, Thornton Buckeye Group. Uh, you can uh, uh, check out ThorntonBuckeyeGroup.com. So that's T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. Buckeye, uh, B-U-C-K-E-Y-E, group, uh, G-R-O-U-P dot com. Or you can email uh, C Davis, uh, letter C, D-A-V-I-S, Davis at Thornton Buckeye group dot com. And so uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of my wife. My wife is a, uh, uh, a, a dynamic professional in her own right, vice president of Alliance for Great Lakes. Uh, she really is the one driving Thornton Buckeye Group from a day to day, uh, with a couple of our you know key staff and 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 consultants, and uh, uh, to see her as a African American woman, uh, young woman, uh, take on this and with such vigor, and uh, you know it's been it's been great to see. I'm just glad I, I'm just glad I can be able to help. I'm glad I can be able to step in and. Uh, you know, uh, 10 years ago, we said I do. So it's uh, it's been great. And, uh, you know, check it out if uh, for your public affairs needs. Uh, Thornton Buckeye Group. Love it. Yeah, man. I, I tell you one thing I respect. You've always been incredibly good at getting all stars on your team. And Crystal's a great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So this is great, man. Really I appreciate to the top, it. man. I want to go to the top. That's right. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks appreciate it. On. Thank you. Bye. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.